As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Making my way downtown, walking fast, I'm a seagull, go fuck yourself. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunk Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, February 23rd. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lealis. Friend. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Nora will be so happy you used that cold open, JD. That was one of her favorites. Uh, it made me so happy to see that <laughs> cold open. As soon as you see a, a, a bird walking that fast, it's funny. It's already funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. So true. Uh, a hearty hello to the stream team joining us live on YouTube right now. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Do us a favor. Let's beat the YouTube algorithm. Email us your questions and comments for tomorrow's Beach Step and Podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com. Email in your uh, your cues and your comments, or you can drop them in the YouTube comments or tweet them into at No Dunks Inc. And immaculate items always available for sale at nodunks.com. There it is. Look at that good. Oh, I was gonna wear that uh that Nick's No Dunks shirt today, but maybe tomorrow. Um, so there you go. Go to nodunks.com. Get your gear. And then finally, guys, we want to shout out some of our fans. And all you have to do is share your favorite No Dunks moment on the Shuffle app, okay? We've talked about this before, and if you share it this week, we're gonna show you some love on Friday's show. It's as simple as that, just get the Shuffle app, go to go get it at the App Store, find our show, No Dunks, and then share your favorite moment. It's sort of like TikTok for podcasts uh, is the best way to explain it. You can share like little clips, little funny moments from the show here. So that's all you gotta do to hear your name on Friday's Drop Podcast. We're gonna throw a link in the show notes, and I think we'll even throw a link Right there in the uh, chat tray in the stream teamers. Oh, it's there, buddy. So click on that. Have some fun with it. Find your favorite moments from the show. And uh, then you'll get a shout out on Friday's show. It's it's that simple. Wow, shout outs yeah. are back. Yeah, that's right. Shout outs are back, JD. <laughs> <laughs> Shuffle shout outs uh, this Friday for everybody that does that. Okay, so we're going to have a little fill in the blank fun. 
because they're going to be naming the All-Star Reserves tonight on TNT, but that's later in the show. We'll start with some of the games from last night, our big takeaways. I think the uh, the most shocking victory last night, or game, was the Wizards winning their fifth straight. What? Uh, as they held off the Lakers 127-124 in overtime. Trey, my man, what's your big takeaway from this one? This is a weird game, Skeets. I don't know which is more surprising. The Wizards winning five straight or that the Lakers have lost three straight. They've lost four or five. Somehow both of these are true. Mm-hmm. Obviously no Anthony Davis for the Lakers. No Dennis Schroeder as well. But the Lakers were still up by 17 in this one. It was an early third quarter lead. You know how I feel about first half leads. If you're getting a 17-point lead in the first two minutes of the second half... I don't know. It's not technically a first half lead, but close enough. Nonetheless, the Lakers took their foot off the gas, but they still had a chance to win. LeBron had an and one at the rim with a few seconds left. But Lee, it's the loneliest place on earth. Missed the free throw that would have given the Lakers the lead and the win. Game goes into overtime, and then it was just Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. The Wizards scored 12. Six of them were from Beal. Six of them were from Westbrook. They had 33 and 32, respectively. It's the Wizards' fifth straight win for the first time since March of 2017. Crazy stuff. What else are you taking away from this one? I don't know. I don't think that these two teams are going to meet in the finals, so it wasn't necessarily (laughs) a finals preview. Uh, I'm also not super worried about the Lakers not playing well with Anthony Davis missing. You're seeing how valuable he is, especially in that overtime when it just ended up being... Beal or Westbrook getting Mark Gasol on a switch, had him on an island. I think AD probably sticks with those guys a little bit better there in an overtime period. Mm -hmm. As long as he's healthy come playoff time, no worries for the Lakers. But right now the Wizards, they're up to 13th in the Eastern Conference. Sounds like it's still bad. They're only three games out of 10th. They made a run at uh, the play-in tournament last year. They got the last bubble invite last season. I don't know. They weren't as bad as they have been. For the start of this season, you know, you can see Westbrook is starting to turn around a little bit here. Rui Hachimura had a really good game last night. Bertans is finding his shot. The Wizards shouldn't be as bad as they were for the first half of the season so far. So, I don't know. Maybe they're going to be trying to get into this wild card tournament. We shall see. People are saying the Wizards are back. I don't know, but they're pretty close to being back. In the Eastern Conference, yeah. I don't think they were ever actually technically gone, which was the crazy part uh, because of just the logjam there. They're like not even like that far back from the sixth seed. Uh, You know, when you're looking at the wins list, they may not even like have to play in any sort of play-in tournament to get in here. But uh, yeah, I think the other big thing, you said it there with no AD. Are you worried about the Lakers? Most people are going to be like, come on, no. But... We are hearing this narrative now, and he's even being asked about it, Lee, LeBron James, and how many minutes he's playing at you know this point in his career, his 18th season, being one of the older guys in the league. He has logged 40-plus minutes four times this month. And uh, you know the Lakers and Vogel, they were doing a great job early in the year. Maybe that was because they were winning a lot of games. Uh, he was playing some of his less minutes over the last couple of years, LeBron was. you know They were sort of managing him. He'd just come off the bubble, like whatever it was, 70-plus games prior. But now, you know, 43 and a loss to the Wizards, all of these minutes adding up. I think since the start of the month, he's averaging 38.2 minutes per game in the 11 he's played. And that leads the league, Lee. I mean, so... Again, he's been asked about it. Like, is there any concern here? Like, you're uh, you're playing a lot of minutes, and now they're coming even in losses. You know, should they be resting you here? And LeBron sort of brushes it off and says, "Come on, I'm here yeah. to play basketball, right?" Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's all part of maybe the MVP narrative and all that. But maybe there's some <laughs> truth to it. I I don't know. I know he's I know he's not human, 
But this is not a good thing, I think, for the Lakers, that he's having to play all these minutes, especially when they're coming in losses this early in the season. On the surface, yes, I agree. It doesn't look good when LeBron has to play heavy minutes in February. This is usually the month he cruises along, or January, but of course the season started a bit later. Mm -hmm. But I'm just not going to put anything into it really because we just know LeBron really does know how to manage his body and how to manage his season. He never runs out of gas in the playoffs when it really counts. So, yes, he's playing a few extra minutes now, and, and, and obviously Davis is not there. Schroeder's also out right now as well. So there's a few more, uh, few extra minutes to go around. But they just keep going to overtime as well. They went to a couple <laughs> there with the uh, with the Thunder and the Pistons, uh, and now the Wizards as well. So really all the Lakers have to do is just close these games out. And as we saw, they were up huge last night against a team they should easily beat even without those couple of players missing. But the uh, the Wizards are on a bit of a hot streak right now, so they fought back. But uh, it's LeBron James. We know just too much about him and his career that uh, you never, ever sort of write him off or think that things are going to catch up with him because they just don't. You know, he's just an incredible player, and he's proven that year in, year out. And his teams tend to go on a bit of a, a slump like this at some point as well, and that's all it really is. They'll shake this off. I mean, we talk about it all the time. The Lakers don't need the number one seed in the Western Conference. They, they barely even need home court advantage. They would certainly prefer it. Uh, but right now, this is nothing to panic about with a LeBron James team. He'll be fine. They'll be back. Um, but yes, it, you, if you look at the box scores and see those minutes, you think that's, a, that's probably a few more than you would like your 36-year-old to be playing. But uh, he's not a normal 36-year-old. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah, they were also the Lakers. This is sort of was like this little bad streak here, and I know it's paired with AD not being in the lineup and even Truder there. It was sort of inevitable, right? Because they were playing with fire, you know, weeks prior. We kept coming on here just saying, oh, Lakers sort of played like crap for three quarters, didn't have much defensive effort, then they just turned it on. LeBron did his thing at the end, and they would pull out a victory. We kept saying it was like a broken record. It happened like it felt like five or six games in a row. So eventually that's going to catch up to you. You know, the ball's going to bounce the wrong way a couple of these nights, and, uh, you know, the shots aren't going to fall. I thought LeBron last night, visibly just watching, was either just tired, (laughs) maybe, uh, or just couldn't give a damn because the effort he was putting, and I, I put effort in air quotes, on the defensive end, Lee, I mean... It was just, uh, it, there was just no helping. It was like not really moving. He was sort of stuck in mud. Uh, again, I don't know if that was part just fatigue or just not giving a damn, probably a bit of both. But yeah, they were always going to eventually start losing some of these games is what I'm getting at here because of yeah. just how close those other ones were. And they just kept pulling it out of their ass, pulling it out of their ass. Well, you run out of uh, you run out of rabbits to pull out of your ass, as the saying goes, yeah. Lee. It's not, well, a he, not a saying, for sure. <laughs> he lost Westbrook on that last one where Westbrook got the N1. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was kind of his man, and he had that lazy sort of didn't really foul, didn't really stop the yeah. guy. Well, he, sorry, he did foul. He just didn't really wrap the guy up, which mm-hmm. you should do. And then he came down and almost wedged the, uh, the the bomb to tie it up there as well. Mm-hmm. It almost So he almost saved his night. He almost got a, a positive out of the <laughs> night by giving us a wedgie. But, uh, but yeah, he, he did a couple of times. But again, that is also something we've just seen a lot from LeBron over the years. There are times where he's just like, I'm just not playing defense here for a few weeks. That's just the way it is. Uh, I'll, I'll crank it up when I need to. Um, but last night, I mean, uh, you know, they still nearly pulled off this victory. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing. It's like... All these games where they have been kind of close. I mean, the Nets one really wasn't super close, but uh, otherwise, it just sort of feels like it's it, they're not that. It's not. It's not as though they're all of a sudden looking uh, susceptible or anything like that. It's more just the sort of LeBron midseason malaise that we've seen time mm-hmm. and time again. Yep. All right, let's keep it going then. The Jazz they set a record for threes again. Yeah, in the one thirty-two. 
110 blowout of the Hornets. This was, I mean, you see that final score and you're like, oh, this must have been a yawner. It was a close game for three quarters. And then the Jazz caught Firely. Yeah, uh, I thought the Hornets played the Jazz as well as pretty much anyone's played them in Utah for three quarters this season. Uh, they, they were looking really good, took it to them, uh, scoring pretty easily. But that fourth quarter, the Jazz went 11 for 16 on threes in that period alone. <laughs> That'll do it. Which is incredible. And, uh, you know, for the game, Jordan uh, Jordan Clarks and Joe Ingles and Georges Nyang went uh, 62 points on 19 for 27 from downtown. I think that's the most ever uh, in go. terms of three-pointers made by a bench in yep. NBA history. So, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the Jazz. Like, they, they after the game, sort of says, oh, we turned up the defensive intensity. And, and you know, they, they did. They're a very good defensive team. But when you've got guys shooting uh, 11 for 16 from downtown in a quarter, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So, uh, they, And uh, the Hornets also lost Gordon Hayward, so, uh, you know, a bit shorthanded. But I thought I thought they competed very well and, uh, you know, kind of took it to the Jazz and, and made the Jazz work for it. But that, that offensive uh, juggernaut, where they get going in, in transition, where it's just like whoever has the ball apart from Rudy, mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're firing away. And, and George Nang went 7 for 7 last night. That were the only shots he took were threes. He hit them all. Uh, and Joe Ingles hit another seven, tying his career. He can't beat that seven threes in his career high. Joe. He's done it like five or six times, I think it is now. Uh, so, but yeah, but um, you know that's that's an impressive uh, performance from a team that you know is still on the on the sort of fringes of convincing people that they are a legit title contender that they can just really put the foot down when they need to. Uh, that's what they need to do. They need to keep on winning and keep showing that that like this is not just a, a sort of like what they had last season where they won all those games against sort of not great opposition. This year feels a little bit more uh, real to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really good really good fourth quarter from the Jazz to just uh, turn a, a close game into an absolute blowout. Yeah, we're still waiting to hear how severe Gordon Hayward's injury is, right? I mean, I haven't seen reports here this morning, uh, but we know he's had obviously a, a track record of uh hand issues right last year mm-hmm. with the surgery he had the pinky in the preseason this year and uh yeah this uh hopefully you're hoping if you're a hornets fan the way he's played uh in that first year of his huge contract that it's nothing serious but man also was this the first time we've heard booze all season trey we had the boo birds out in utah <laughs> the for Gordon Hayward. sort of caught me by surprise because i was like oh yeah booze <laughs> uh, those are back. The yeah. those are back. Uh, yeah, apparently they were piping in some noise as well. There was oh. a small smattering of fans, mm-hmm. if you will. But I love it. Uh, if you're a game ops, if you have fans, if you don't have fans, you should be piping in booze. Make it realistic for your team and for the opposing team. But that was some scary stuff from the Jazz. They This was close through three, but only because the Jazz were turning the ball over. Turned the ball over 18 times through the first three quarters. But when they weren't turning the ball over... They were getting pretty much any shot they wanted. And that seems to be the case with the Jazz right now. They can get a three-pointer anytime they want to. And like you said, Lee, on fire in the fourth. They made 11 threes. That's how many the Hornets made the entire game. That's how much Larry Bird made in an entire all-star season once. The man made 11 threes. And the Jazz were doing it last night. If they shoot that well, if they're able to make 11 threes in a fourth quarter, they're title contenders. They've been the best team in the league through the first quarter of the season. Yep. Take your pick if they're going to actually do it in the playoffs. That's always going to be the question, but it's always fun to ride the wave when the Jazz are hot. It's crazy. Yeah, I think this is already the third time 
in this season that they've set their franchise record, right, for threes made. Uh, and this is the second time here uh, versus the Hornets. Whatever it is playing the Hornets, man, they're getting their open looks for sure and knocking them down with some consistency. Our next game, I was excited heading into the night with mm. this one. You know, 9 o'clock start, I was like, oh, yeah, perfect, here we go. It was the Blazers and the Suns, two great teams in the Western Conference. It started okay, it was competitive, but in the end, Booker scores 34 in three quarters as the Suns just rolled as this game went on. They just got stronger and stronger. 132 to 100 was the final score in this one, uh, Lily. So a little disappointing in terms of, like, you're hoping for a competitive game. You know, Lillard, Booker, you're hoping for, like, uh, some fourth-quarter magic shot for shot. But uh, the Suns, man, I don't know where you are with, like, including them in a in in a legit team to go far in the playoffs. Like, are they uh, are they a top-four team in the West? Like, no problem? Or is that, are that they still, like, not there to you? I know it's going to be Jazz and then the two L.A. teams. Are the Suns closer to being in that group? Or are they alone by themselves, or are they still back with your, you know, your other teams like the Blazers and so on and the Nuggets? Where do you have them? Well, right now, yes. I mean, they've been playing very good basketball recently, and I think one of the most significant evolutions for them this season has been Devin Booker's kind of post-game. I think uh, last night, a couple of times against Lillard as well, early on, he was in there and he was going to his move, whether it's a little step-back jump shot, whether it's trying to sort of go inside for a layup, or whether it's passing out to somebody else. And I think... When you look at Devin Booker, he's not a big guy. Like he's a big, not a big burly guy. But now he's experienced and he's understanding a little bit more how to sort of see that match up and go, okay, I, I can take this guy. I can get to my spot here and knock down that little mid-ranger. Uh, and I thought that was good. And in the third quarter, he was very good. He fed uh, DeAndre Ayton a couple of times just on the pick and rolls where it's just like really exposing, you know, that that defense with Ennis Cantor there. Where it's like you don't really have to do all that much. You just have to sort of keep rolling at him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can do that. And so that's where I thought Devin Booker was great last night, that he was kind of controlling both parts of the game, scoring when he needed to, finding his teammates when he needs to as well, and just sort of seeing a weakness and taking advantage of that matchup. And Lillard, the Blazers have been doing really well since Nurkic and McCollum went down, and Lillard's been carrying them, but he just didn't get much support at all last night. And that was the sort of more what I worried about with the Blazers uh you know, when they were missing those guys, that that was going to happen, that Lillard was going to have to do too much of the workload. Uh, and last night, he struggled. And then outside of him, they really didn't get anything. I, I think Nasir Little finished with 18 points, but that was kind of in garbage time in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, most of those games. So um, for the Blazers, they, they were kind of due to have, I think, one of these games against a very good team, too, in Phoenix, uh, you know, playing playing their best basketball that Booker's ever played, mm-hmm. I think, for sure, certainly on this team. Um, and so, yeah, it turned into a, into a romp. And... You know, for the Suns, just having never been to the playoffs though for, for so long, you've got to wait till you see them in the playoffs to really know how sustainable this is and just how, how good they really can be. Cause- okay, okay, that's fair. So, Trey, let me ask you this then. What will be a successful season for the Suns? Like, what, is it just a, a playoff uh, per- appearance? Is it a playoff a series win? Uh, or, you know, what, what do you think? Where do you have this team? I mean, a playoff series appearance is a huge win for the Suns. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So just making the playoffs, I think, is a win for Phoenix this year. But they also, I think, expect to make the playoffs this year. You know, mm-hmm. they barely missed out last year. It wasn't the playoffs, but they went 8-0 in the bubble in some playoff-like games because they needed every single one of those wins. They brought in Chris Paul. Obviously, you're thinking this is a playoff team, and they look like it so far. They've won 9 of 10, 12 of 14, but unlikely, I don't quite have them on in the top tier amongst mm. playoff teams in the Western Conference just because they've never done it. I certainly think that they could win a playoff series depending on who they end up getting matched up with in the first round, and 
if they go from not making the playoffs since 2010 to winning a series the first time they get back, that's two steps in one season. Big stuff. Yeah, I'll admit, the more I watch them, the more I start to convince myself like just how good they are. Uh, and Maybe it's just because I'm starting to catch more and more Suns games. But man, they're top 10 on both sides of the ball. I think they're top 7 uh, when we're talking offensive rating, defensive rating. So they're playing well on both ends. You obviously have your star in Booker, which you're going to need in a playoff series. You got your rock in Chris Paul, who's been there, done that. You love sort of how he can dictate a game. You got Mikhail Bridges, who's already suddenly become like, not even suddenly, he's become one of the best, you know, perimeter wing guys. So you're hoping you can put him on all these other guys that are just scoring machines and try and slow them down in the playoffs. You know, Aiton obviously still working on his game defensively, but love his athleticism rolling. I love this team. They're fun to watch, man. They're really, yep. really fun. Uh, and I've always been a Devin Booker fan, so it is nice to see them pick up some Ws here. But if, yeah, if the, you know, if ahead. the playoffs were today, they, they would actually take on the Blazers. Now, assuming the Blazers are at full strength, and even if the Suns right. have home court, I mean, would would anyone pick them to beat a Damian Lillard Blazers playoff team? I mean, I wouldn't in that hmm. situation, uh, just because we've seen Lillard in the past. He always steps up his game in the playoffs, and just again for the Suns to get there and then have to get past someone like that. I think it'd be tough, even with Chris Paul. So, you know, I, I think this game in itself were very impressive, but uh, come playoff time, completely different story, especially yeah. when the Blazers would be at full strength, assuming assuming everyone's healthy. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I For sure, for sure. I think it's all matchups, absolutely, who they're getting. Because I think I'd, uh, you know, like if the Suns were playing the Nuggets in a first-round right. series, I mean, that's maybe a bit more of a toss-up right now with the way the teams are playing. Spurs, I think, pretty similar. You're right, Blazers. I, thought, I think some people would pick Phoenix in that. So yeah. we'll see. Tons of season left. But watch the Suns if you can. They're, they're really damn good right now. Finally, the other games. I'll just run through them here. Uh, Kobe White and your Bulls, Trey, scored 24 Handed the Rockets their eighth straight loss. The Rockets can't win when Christian Wood is not playing. On He's this their team. best player by far. It's it's insane. Uh, and a nice game from Kobe White and the Bulls. That's just like a good like. Hey, that's a nice just go get it, take care of business type of win. Uh, you know, you're trying to prove that you are a playoff team, that you're in the mix in the East. And I know everybody's in the mix in the East, but you got to get victories like that to help your chances. The They're Heat, the number eight seed right now, Skeets. Okay. They're in the playoffs. There you in go. in the Bulls are two back. <laughs> a blowout against the team that they should blowout and now we're barely talking about them yeah they're two back right now that's they good need to, they need to go on like an eight game losing streak here and then and then win so up. you can say yeah, they're yeah, back yeah. again yeah uh well the heat are coming here they pulled away to beat the thunder 108-94 <laughs> yeah we had trace sneezing oh, no. uh, on yesterday's show and you got a little cough there you all right there big guy <laughs> yeah man. okay okay i just <laughs> yeah, like how it looks right. if you're watching on the stream and this is what it looks like lee just gonna like <laughs> You just I was, disappeared. I was hoping JD would go to the single shot of you then. Uh, <laughs> you look like Tay Zande. Chocolate rain. Zande um, baba bee-boo, bee-boo, bee. Chocolate rain. We had the heat pull away to beat the thunder, speaking of rain. Uh, 108-94. That was uh, the finale of their road trip. That was uh, I was watching a lot of that one, too. Good game. He put down the clamps and uh, and rolled to victory. And then the Mavericks defeated the Grizzlies 102-92. So a couple things off this Dallas game. One, the Mavs, I forgot, hadn't played in a while, right? Because of uh, severe weather down in Texas. Uh, they hadn't played, I don't think, since the 14th. So it had been like a week. Good defense from them, especially right from the jump. They held Memphis to 13 uh, first quarter points. Sort of, sort of took control of the game and just, you know, kept them at bay. I continue to fall for Jalen Brunson's game. I love this guy. He's, he's good, man. He's really, really solid. 19 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 28 minutes of action. 7-11 from the floor, a couple threes. He just pushes the ball for him. It's sort of like a nice difference to 
Luca, who is like, you know, when Luca gets it and he cleans up the rebound, so he's got the ball in his hands a lot of times. Like he's not like like he doesn't push it, push it, push it. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. a he's a LeBron. Like I'm more in control. I'm gonna look ahead. I'll find the guy streaking. Like he'll pass it. Obviously, one of the best passers in the game. But he just doesn't like go where Brunson's complete opposite. Right? He's just like that speedy little guy, and that's good. A little different change in tempo there. Tim Hardaway Jr., my guy. Uh, we're still waiting on that fifty burger, but. You know, he had it's another coming. Per- it's coming. One of these days it'll come. He uh, had the three ball going. When he scores, the Mavericks win, Lee. Uh, yeah. You know, they've won six of their seven games this season when he scores 20 plus. And usually when he's scoring, that means he's just hitting threes because it feels like that's sort of all he does. It, it just is, it feels as simple as that with the Mavericks. If Tim Hardaway Jr. has it going from three point land, then they got a pretty good chance to win the game. But coming up this morning here, sort of the breaking news is. Porzingis might be on the trade block. The Mavericks might be looking to move him. He didn't play in last night's game. I think he was a late scratch Mm -hmm. with lower back issues. But there are reports that, uh, you know, because of the Mavs' defense and how sort of piss poor it's looked at times, Porzingis can't really seem to guard anybody, despite being, you know, 7'3 giant. Would they look to move off from Porzingis? Lee, let's go to you first. Uh, Again, these are sort of this was happening. I saw it this morning. Maybe it was going around late last night. But Porzingis on the block. Do you think there's any truth to this? Yes, I do. And I think the Mavs would be wise to see if uh, there is any interest out there because uh, there's a couple of issues. Offensively, he's very good. He can shoot and score from from virtually anywhere because he's got that uh, great range and length. But defensively... He isn't very good, and uh, he hasn't really been able to sort of uh, establish himself as a super quality, reliable defender. But also, just on top of that, it's just whether or not he can stay on the court for mm-hmm. long periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's in and out of lineup a lot. We know he's coming off uh, an ACL injury he's had, and uh, he just seems to miss games from time to time. You know, you know, for a variety of injuries, and and that happens to a lot of guys. But at his height and his uh, size, maybe it's going to be tougher for him throughout his career just to stay on the court. So. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we talked about this, uh, I think when I was uh, going through my Beal trade phase there, yeah. I sort of assumed that Porzingis <laughs> was off the table and, and, and wrongly so. I thought the Mavs may as well just at least see what the interest is from the rest of the league because, um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, they got him there to pair him with Luca. He's a younger player and, and hopefully they could grow together. They sort of complement each other. But he just hasn't really been able to establish that largely because he just can't stay on the court, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think the Mavericks, they, they gave him the big contract. They'll be, uh, if someone's interested and they can get some, uh, you know, a decent player or, or a uh, draft pick, high draft pick in return, I think they would be uh, more than willing to entertain that. What do you think, Trey? I was surprised to see the reports today and also surprised to see that Kristaps Porzingis was second team all bubble just last season. We've <laughs> seen Kristaps Porzingis be good on the Mavericks, uh, but we've also seen him not quite live up to the expectations that were alongside of him because like you're saying Lee he can score he can score from a bunch of places he's getting 20 points per game but everybody gets 20 points per game these days and he doesn't necessarily punish the defense the way that you would hope from your number two guy because you can switch onto him and you're getting a fadeaway from Porzingis and his fadeaway is honestly not good enough he doesn't have Mm -hmm. the Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway at this point that's what he should add he's never going to be a post-up guy but this man should be able to shoot a 17-footer over literally anybody. Yeah. But the Mavericks are out two first-round picks to the Knicks on this one, so they want to do everything they can to not have to give those picks away. I think they're both protected top 10 right now, which doesn't seem likely that the Mavericks would get there. But if Porzingis goes out for another extended period of time and you're left with basically just Luka there leading the Mavs, maybe with the way the standings are all bunched up so here, they could somehow end up in the bottom 10. I don't necessarily know, but... 
I don't know. It just, uh, it doesn't seem, it seems too early to be moving on from Porzingis to me, but also it feels like the right time just because mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of time to wait these days, you know? Doncic is obviously one of the best players in the league. He's going to be contending for the MVP over the next couple, five seasons at least. So he's in his prime. He This is the window for the Mavs to win now. And Porzingis as the number two guy doesn't seem to be pushing the needle in the right way. Maybe he needs a full season of health and then we can really tell, but... That seems to be a problem so far. Yeah, again, this was sort of like uh, late-breaking news here in the morning, this Porzingis rumor for us. So we'll leave it there. But if you have a good who-says-no Porzingis deal, uh, send it in, tweet it in, at No Dunks Inc. Let us know in the comments. Maybe we can uh, circle back to this uh, on tomorrow's show or a show later this week uh, talking about possible uh, Porzingis deals. Or, Lee, you could just get to work too, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how this bad boy works now with all your field <laughs> trades. <laughs> you could anger up, uh, anger some more fan bases with your trades. Let's do, let's do it. Uh, but yeah, that is that's the rumor. Whether you believe it, whether there's uh, you know there's uh, some mo- some smoke to that fire. Right yes, now. I like I like how it was reported. The Mavericks have quietly tested interest. Like everyone was reporting it, so it wasn't that quiet. Out there. <laughs> it could have been a little quieter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, we're gonna get to uh, talking or predicting. I guess I could call it All Star snubs because they're naming the reserves tonight. But first, quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, tonight, the reserves for this season's All-Star Game revealed on TNT. Okay, the starters voted on by the fans, the players, and the media, whereas the NBA head coaches, they select these reserves. So if you're going to get upset with anyone after tonight, it's the coaches you got to be upset (laughs) with. Um, So we made and debated our picks on Friday's Drop podcast. Go back and listen to Friday's Drop. Again, that's where we all made our selections East and West are seven reserves. In some cases, sort of eight, because we all had AD, but then we were, you know, picking the injury replacement. Lee shocked everyone taking Gordon Hayward in the Eastern Conference. That that had everyone a buzz. But (laughs) ahead of tonight's announcement, I thought we could get ahead of tomorrow morning's headlines, right? Because it's going to be all about the snub. So let's play a little fill in the blank. And Trey, I want you to go first. We'll start with the East. Fill in the blank. Tonight's biggest Eastern Conference All-Stars All-Star snub will be blank. Biggest Eastern Conference All-Star snub will be Nikola Vucevic. Zero oh, buzz for Nick Vucevic right now, but that's because the Magic aren't even where they've been for the past couple of seasons. So it kind of looks di- disappointing. You know, they are just 13 and 18, but as we've talked about, that puts you in the mix in the Eastern Conference and Vucevic has been incredible this season. It hasn't been his fault that the Magic have been bad. There's been no Jonathan Isaac for the whole season, no Markel Fultz for the majority of the season. Aaron Gordon has missed half the season as well. Probably the three best playmakers there for the Magic, which could be death for a big man who's not really a ball handler. You know, Vuce isn't bringing the ball up, going between his legs, making plays for everybody. But he has been an 
efficient, effective scorer so far this season. He's at 24 points per game. That's 18th in the league. 11 rebounds per game. That's sixth in the league. Shooting incredible percentages, 48 from the field, 40 from three-point, 83 at the line. They're in that mess of teams that are, at the very least, trying to get into this play-in tournament, but the Magic are the only team that has zero all-star buzz. You look at all these other teams ahead of them that are having mediocre seasons. The Knicks have Julius Randle. He'll be in the mix. Zach Levine is in the mix. Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball are in the mix. Therefore, the Hornets... You got two from the Heat as well, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler starting to build a little bit of a case here. And then Trey Young obviously is there with the Atlanta Hawks. They're at 13 and 17, just a half game ahead of the Magic. Obviously, Beal is starting the game. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be on a good team this year to make an all-star team. You just have to be putting up some big numbers. Vooch is putting up big numbers, but the Magic have even less buzz somehow than they usually have. Uh, You know, they've really fallen away from... Uh, the national consciousness, not that they were ever there, but at least they've been a playoff team the past couple of seasons. Vooch has been balling. He's not going to make the all-star team. People aren't going to be that mad about it. We're not going to be making love in the snubs, but I'm fine with it. Vooch, just like Skeets, is going to support every single guard who plays in the NBA. I will support every single big man in the NBA. Yeah, you got to go to bat for your guys. That's right. All right, Vooch is, uh, that's a good pick. I don't see him making it tonight, and he's got incredible numbers. He's got the best numbers of his career, and he's already been an all-star, obviously in the same conference. But you're right, on a, on a team at the Magic at the time that were maybe a little bit better than they are right now. They have no guards. I mean, they, you know, no it's guards. like, it's like there's, everybody's out for the Magic, and he's still putting up all these incredible numbers. Uh, so Vooch Island, yeah, that will be one of the names that we'll be hearing tomorrow morning. Where are you going to go, Lee? Pick, pick somebody else to keep this interesting. Well, I'll stay with a big man uh, okay. and a guy who, who really should be in, uh, but he may be overlooked somewhat is uh, DeMontis Sabonis, I think, from the Indiana mm. Pacers. Now, numbers alone... He he gets in for sure. He's 21 points, 20 and a half a game, 11 and a half, six, 11 and a half rebounds a game and five and a half assists a game shooting well. And the Pacers started the season really well. And it was almost like maybe the Pacers get two all-stars. Mm-hmm. But then they did have a little bit of a cool-off patch there where they lost six of seven. And just because of the way that he plays on the Pacers... I just wonder if that sort of counts against him a little bit. That they they do they just get overlooked. You know, they're not a flashy team. They're a solid team. He's not a flashy player. He's a very solid player. Um, and I, I just sort of think he was there last season. And some people thought he wasn't even deserving last season uh, when when I thought he was. So and then in that front court on the reserves, I have Jason Tatum as a lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Julius Randle as a lock. I think he gets in because it's on the Knicks. You know, it's like hey, it's the Knicks and Julius Randle's basically putting up those same numbers there, and the team has improved so much. The pace is still fourth in the East, but it's like, yeah, it's the paces. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't it doesn't sort of jump off the page at you like that. So I wonder if that counts against him as well. And then he is up against guys like Vucevic, Chris Middleton as well. Chris Middleton and the Bucks have called off, but Middleton's kind of got that respect vote, I think, from the coaches. Bam Adebayo, I mean, the Heat left their run a little bit late, but he could get in as well. Maybe yeah. Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's been good in the, in the last week at the right time. He was very good. Gordon Hayward was good. Some people think Gordon Hayward's worthy (laughs) of an all-star vote. So I just think in that front court slash wild card spot, Sabonis is the sort of guy, you know, a a lot like Vucevic there. It's like, oh, he's he's doing great. He's putting out great numbers. And the team is actually doing better than the Magic. But it just doesn't stand out. So he may, uh, may not get the recognition he deserves. 
Yep, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, again, I think Vooch is on the outside looking in. Sabonis, man, I can't decide what's going to happen tonight. Bam Adebayo, I can't decide what's going to happen tonight. I don't think Jimmy's going to ultimately be there because he missed too many games. Uh, but you brought up all those other names too, like you know Middleton and stuff like that. And like, who gets the nod? I mean, it could be very, very close. My answer for this, you know, tonight's biggest Eastern Conference All-Star snub will be, I'm cheating a little bit, it's going to be Ben Simmons and or Tobias Harris. I could see after tonight's reserves are announced, both of these guys not being on the roster, but or maybe one of them. And if there's only one of them, that's going to be a bit of a snub for the other guy. The Sixers, it is a weird East. Don't get me wrong, but they are the best team in the East right now. Uh, as of tonight, as of today, right now, uh, they're 20 and 11. So I think they're a half game up right on the Bucks. So they're number one with the bang, but it's very possible they only have one all-star. And, uh, and that's fine. I mean, Joel Embiid, he's starting, but maybe Simmons doesn't make it. There's a lot of guards as we've gone through. Tobias Harris, I think his chances are very tough. Very, very tough. And uh, that's a bit of a shame because a lot of people, and I can't remember where you guys had them, had them in or not, but Chris Middleton, right? is a bit of a lock for a lot of people. I've seen, I keep seeing like a lot of as the forwards when you talk about reserves, like Tatum and Middleton are, are just in there. And then you start like going, okay, is it Randall, Sabonis, Bam, and all that. But if Middleton is in there and, and Tobias Harris is not, it's sort of wild to me because go look at their numbers. I keep bringing this up. They're basically the exact same player and they have basically the exact same record and they're obviously like the second or third best player on their team. So it's like, you know, why the love or why the support for Middleton uh, and and very, and very very little for Tobias Harris. That's where I'm just left scratching my head a little bit. I don't think he's going to get in, and that's going to be a bit of a snub. Simmons, Lee, I don't know if he gets in or not because is Simmons like the Rudy Gobert of the East? Mm. You know, whereas the numbers are not going to blow you away. I mean, they're 16, eight, and eight. That's really really good, but it's more of his de- defensive impact, right? Uh, just like Gobert in the in the West, and you respect that, and you're like, wow, game changer on that end. I think the same could be said for Simmons, uh, especially as a perimeter player, which is pretty wild. But does that get the recognition from the coaches when you've got big game scorers like Trey Young, Zach Levine, I, I do as, have as a lock. Um, Jalen Brown, of course, now he's not a starter, so you know Harden's going to be picked. I don't know. I think the Sixers, after tonight could maybe just have Joel Embiid as an all-star, mm-hmm. despite having the best record in the Eastern Conference. You, you agree, disagree, Lee? Yeah, Sim- Simmons, I think, is the interesting one because of the uh, the numbers. The pure raw numbers are just not as big uh, as some of those other guys getting 23, 25 a game, even though you know Simmons does more for his team in terms of uh, the defensive impact and he gets the assists. And we just know he's not a huge scorer of the ball. But he has been there the last two years, and the fact that the Sixers mm-hmm. have the best record... I, I sort of feel that that, that that will help his case. That people will be like, yeah, Tobias Harris, we thought he was an all-star a couple of years ago in the Clippers when he was with Doc Rivers and he didn't quite make it. Now he's in Philadelphia. He wasn't all that good last season. He's had a better season, but I think Simmons is still the second best player uh, and more deserving of those two. But but Harris, again, in that sort of glut of forwards, front court, whatever you want to call it there in the Eastern Conference, he's in the mix. I just don't see him getting in. Certainly, I don't see him getting in over Ben Simmons, but uh, okay. but maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, get rid of positions. Just make it seven players. <laughs> well, they sort of do get rid of positions, let's be honest, when it comes to the reserve. Yeah. They, they don't yeah. care all that much. I wonder, like, 
It's funny you say that. You reminded me, like, maybe Simmons, because he's made a last couple, we know his impact on both ends. He's just, when he's out there, they're just a better team. Does he start to get, like, the Kyle Lowry respect vote? You know what I mean? Like, Lowry was sort of like, you know, not even those type of numbers over the last mm-hmm. couple of years at times. But you just knew, like, oh, the Raptors were good because of Lowry. Not this year as much. It's probably Van Vliet's team now, and he might be a snub for crying out loud. But it's like... Yeah, he's just the coaches know like no, come on that he's a he's instrumental to their success, so he's an all star. Trey, you I think have Simmons. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, making this one. No, I have him just barely on the outs, but yeah. he's just oh, okay. in that mix of players who you know pick four of them and any of them could make it. But I think the easiest way to make an all star team is to have previously made an all star team, like you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, I mean obviously if you're a coach and you're looking at the Sixers, you're planning for Joel Embiid number one, and then you're telling your guards be very careful around Ben Simmons. The guy's one of the best perimeter defenders on the planet. So yeah, I think that uh, Simmons certainly has a little bit more respect from the coaches than Tobias Harris. Uh, You know, his stats are similar to Chris Middleton, but I don't really think his case is similar at all. Middleton's been the go-to guy in the fourth quarter for the Bucs, and he's done a pretty good job up until recently. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, during the start of the season, he was money, uh, no doubt about it. He's still shooting well, but uh, I think Simmons Simmons seems to be having a little bit of a, a chance here to be making it with the defensive player of the year buzz and the Sixers obviously playing incredibly well so far this season. We've also seen a couple of nice scoring games from Ben Simmons recently, yeah. which is a good time to time your case. So I wouldn't be surprised if Simmons made it. I've got him on the outside looking in, but just barely. All right, let's hear from you guys with that one. Fill in the blank there in the stream team. Biggest Eastern Conference All-Star snub will be blank after tonight. Let's go to the West. Uh, let's start with you, Lee. Fill in the blank. Tonight's biggest Western Conference All-Star snub will be who? I think the uh, biggest snub in the West will be be Brandon Ingram um, because last season he was an all-star and he is putting up incredibly similar numbers this season but I think two factors go against him the Pelicans have been a little bit disappointing uh, mm-hmm. right now coming out the start of the season um, he, he's been good but they are 13 and 17 right now but I think the biggest factor going against him is that he's being overshadowed by Zion uh, Zion I think has done enough to get in but I just don't see the Pelicans getting two front court uh, players there simply because no of their chance. record. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think Ingram again, based on on you know what he did last year to get in versus this year, it's the same. But then you look at the also the other front West Court. I believe these three are locks: uh, Rudy Gobert, Paul George, and Anthony Davis. Now Davis may not play, of course. And then it's someone like I think DeRozan will probably get in over Brandon Ingram as well. I think the Spurs, uh, you know, they've been quietly just, you know, chugging along there at 16-11. I think he's their all-star if they get one. So for me, uh, Ingram, you know, he, he's been good. I think he's been very good. He certainly started off the season, I thought, better than Zion. But Zion lately has started to really uh, improve. You know, he's leading the team in scoring and it's just very, very difficult to see them getting both in. I mean, Zion's not a lock, but... No, I actually think tonight Zion Williamson will not be named. You think, yeah, as an All Star reserve because I think Anthony Davis, you know, takes his spot, and then I have a feeling right. that Zion will be the injury replacement. That's what my gut says, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. And Brandon Ingram, I don't think is going to be there after tonight. And you're right; he's got in, you know really incredible numbers, compares well to last year's when he was an All Star. But they've disappointed, and Zion probably has gone above him in the in the pecking order, and I think that's fair. Um, but. He'll, he'll be included in the snub list. Trey, where are you going with this one? Similar to the Pelicans only getting one all-star, I think the Suns are only getting one all-star. So based on Devin Booker having an incredible game last night, Chris Paul is my big snub in the Western Conference. Mm. Uh, I don't know if last night counts in the voting, but if it does, that was a great case for Devin Booker. They're both <laughs> worthy all-stars. 
but there are a lot of worthy all-stars, especially in the Western Conference this year. Chris Paul, no doubt, instrumental to the Suns. He's been clutch again, but he's at 16-5-8, which is great, which is great for your second guy, but he just got to the team. He helped raise the Suns' ceiling. He helped raise the Suns' floor, but this is still Devin Booker's team. He's leading the team in scoring. He's obviously their go-to guy, and he's the guy you think of first when you think of the Suns. I think he is a lock, Devin Booker. And I think Chris Paul, despite the fact that he has had a great season, uh, he's just going to be, maybe maybe he gets the Legends pick, you know? Uh, remember we had that Legends pick <laughs> yeah. for Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki? Uh, they're basically like, we need to get these guys there. We just want to see him hanging out. They need to do that again. Maybe that's how Chris Paul gets in this year. But uh, I don't think the Suns are getting to, and I think Booker is the guy. I think you're right. I agree with that one too. Um, there's going to be a lot of deserving especially guards in the West that are not going to make this team because there's just not enough spots and you're, people are going to be going like, oh, what, what, you know, Chris Paul, De'Aaron Fox and stuff like that. Like these guys have had amazing seasons. Where are they? I'll add one more to the mix. Shea Gildas Alexander. He's not going to make it, I don't think, tonight. I have been surprised seeing him on some people's lists. I know you mentioned that, Trey. Mm-hmm. There have been some others out there like saying, look at what he is doing in OKC. Uh, putting up 23 points per game, you know, six and a half assists, five boards, shooting 50% from the floor, 40 from three. He's their only true offensive threat on OKC, but that Thunder 12 and 19 record sure doesn't help his chances. I think all of this is good for me winning my bet with TK. Uh, you know, moving into next season, I got one more year of hopefully getting SGA in. And uh, if he plays like that and they're more of a 500 team, then, then, then we're maybe talking and he's in there next year. But I just wanted to read you, the listeners, and everyone joining us on the stream team, the eight guys who played with SGA last night versus Miami. I don't know how many of you uh, out there are watching OKC games. Again, I watched a lot of this one. It's Shea Gilgis-Alexander and then these eight guys. Uh, it's pretty wild when you think of this team. <laughs> now, now Dort, all right, all cap locks, exclamation mark, Dort. We all love Dort. Of course, uh, one of the best defensive players in the game. He's a streaky offensive player. He had a rough, rough night last night. One of eight from three, three of 15 from the floor. But he's there. Okay, everybody knows Dort. Then these were the other seven guys. Teo, don't call me Theo Maladone, okay? <laughs> a lot of people, if I showed you his photo, you'd have no idea who he is. Uh, Darius Baisley. Hold uh, on a we... second, Skates. Do you think that um, Flaky Salt could be a good nickname for Teo Maladon? <laughs> Teo like Flaky it. Salt Maladon. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, yeah, Darius Baisley. Okay, now, young guy. Uh, we were giving away his Top Shot moments on the uh, Hot Boys, um, or the Top Shot Hot Boys uh, yeah. show we did last week. So, like, okay. If we're giving away moments, I mean, uh, prices are going through the roof here with everything. So, uh, that tells you all you need to know about him right now. Isaiah Roby. Okay, he's starting. These were the starters I just gave you, by the way. Kendrick Williams, Hamadou Diallo, Mike Muscala, and Justin Jackson. That's the team right now, Lee. Um, my point is, SGA has done really well this year with not a whole lot. I know, I know there's like Horford and there's George Hill. They're not playing there. Those are some, that's a young team. There's a bunch of who's who on that team. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, and just SGA does not have a ton of help around him. For, so for him to put up the numbers he's doing at the efficiency he's doing it at is really impressive in a third year uh, mm-hmm. situation. He could very much be like other guys we've talked about in years prior, your bookers and stuff like that. Oh, big numbers, but like not the greatest percentages and you're on a crap team. You can't really say the same for SGA. So that, uh, that's wild. I just like that caught me by surprise. Some of those names, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a very good player. He's a very good player, but uh, it's all about the talent you have around you about to really maximize that and to see the value that he can uh, can he, he can bring but 
when Sam Presti made the trade, he was like, yeah, give me that young player. I think I think Gilgis mm-hmm. Alexander's pretty good. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what his future holds because, you know, they've got all the draft picks there out in uh, OKC, but now you've got to turn them into something. You know, you can't just keep running out these sort of lineups and these sort of teams, especially when you're a small market like the Thunder. So they need, they, you know, they need to cash in on those draft picks and uh, be back to being a, a big, you know, competitive team again because they were for a lot of years there. Uh, and it's not really the free agent destination either of choice for a lot of uh, players. <laughs> no, so. no, it's not. No, it's not. But, it's, uh, you know, you take Horford and George Hill off that team. My God, are they young. Uh, but yeah. I, I actually had forgotten about Justin Jackson, too. I was like, oh, yeah, Justin Jackson. He's the play for the Mavericks. I remember getting excited about him when uh, for like a couple of weeks there when he was there. Oh. <laughs> and then he's like the eighth guy on the Thunder right now. And they're basically tanking. So, yeah, they're going to get some uh, great draft picks here. So you're right, Lee. If they can capitalize, you got a building block in SGA. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. The guy looks like a could be a star in this league and already maybe is. He's on the borderline. So good stuff there. He won't be making it. He'll be a snub, but I will not cry tomorrow. We'll just have to roll it over one more year, TK and I. Don't make it exciting. That's good. That's what we want, That's right. right? That's right. It'd be almost disappointing if he got in. It'll make it better for next year. Okay. We got Tweet of the Night still, but first, uh, our final break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Lee, have you ever considered shaving your arms? <laughs> no way. Yeah. Look at these babies. Oh, whoa. Mm. Uh, look at these babies. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're going to need more than five blades for those, my man. <laughs> we got to wait for Harry's to get up to six, seven, maybe. Yeah. Get on those Robin Williams arms. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Just yeah. curious. You know, It'll slow you down in the pool, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Nah, it's all right. All right. Uh, Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. JD. My man. What do you got for Tweet of the Night? Yeah. Yeah. Struggling this morning. Um, (laughs) Why? I don't don't know. I, I don't like going on Twitter at night. I follow... Well, here's the problem. There's a bunch of problems with me doing Tweet of the Night. Number one, I don't follow enough NBA people. Right. So it's hard to find something that's NBA related, but that doesn't sometimes need to be. Yeah. it doesn't yeah. need to be. It doesn't, but I like it to be because it is a show about the NBA. Uh, is uh, it? Is it though? Is, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I'm also another problem is that I'm very susceptible to falling down rabbit holes, so I get mm. distracted very easily. Tass sent me a tweet from Mark Gillette this morning asking 
His Twitter followers, what's the best music venue in America? It's pretty simple. It's House of Blues in Houston. That's where we all went to see Flo Rida that time for Chuck's 50th birthday. Sound was awesome in there. Case closed. Uh, then I considered maybe playing the, uh, the audio recorded on Mars that they released. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it was very exciting. Don't get me wrong. Windsock, maybe next time NASA. Just uh, it's literally what the sound is: is the gust of wind on a microphone. Um, maybe uh, we could send Trey's, uh, you know, orange thing on. It. <laughs> right. Yeah, you need how much filter. money they spent on that and did, didn't put so a windsock like, on. Somebody forgot it. Hey, sure. but if they if they had a windsock, you wouldn't have heard the wind, right? So oh. there would only be the of the the rover itself. So I guess you know that's fine. Uh, I also ended up literally five minutes before the show. I was very deep into a video essay about uh, the uh, dinner scenes in all of the Steven Spielberg movies that he's made and how he uses the dinner table as a device. And I'm like, what am I doing? This, oh, the, the show is about to start here. <laughs> so it's not good. Anyway, this is the tweet I went with. It's basketball related, barely. Okay. Uh, Tim Bontemps. Uh, he uh, tweeted about Jack Armstrong saying Jack Armstrong is delightfully insane, mm -hmm. which makes him a very fun <laughs> listen during Raptors games. This is 100% true. We love Jack. And uh, Gourmet Spud, that's, this is the tweet. He basically doubles down and, and confirms Tim's tweet saying Jack calling a game makes it 5 to 10% more enjoyable. It's been so fun to listen to the chemistry between him and Devlin develop over the years. They are like a seasoned comedy duo now. Also 100% true. Yep. I just wanted to include this tweet because, you know, shout out to Jack Armstrong. Shout out to the NBA. It's an NBA-related tweet. And shout out to Gourmet <laughs> Spud. He's one of my favorite followers on go. Twitter. He's mm, consistently wow. funny. So let's bring some attention to uh, to Spud and get him some followers. Get his followers up on this. this yeah, thing. <laughs> potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah, it's a good tweet. That was from the other night, for sure. I agree yeah. with that tweet from Tim, too. And it's true. I listen to a lot of Raptors games, and uh, we, of course, are big fans of uh, big fans of Jack, Devlin, and Leo, if I'm being of honest. Of course. But Jack and Devlin, I mean, yeah. they really are. Like, the comedy duo is the best way to explain them. Yeah. And they've just worked on their bits. They've worked on their material over the years. They know what works, what doesn't. Jack, going to commercial break is always gold. Like, it's funny every time. <laughs> Uh, and he's got his catchphrases, get the garbage out of here and all that. I think yeah. it's like, it's gone to another level too, I think, during the pandemic. Because those two guys, they're in Toronto, right? Like, mm -hmm. they're not traveling. So yeah, there's like no fatigue from, you know, all the flights and stuff like that and all the hotels. They're just there in Toronto. They get together at the arena and just watch basically like we're watching a, a television screen. And then they're just like cracking jokes like yeah. nonstop. It's a... Uh, it's, it's like fun, our so. it's like our happy hours. I, I yeah. think sometimes they even forget that people are watching. You know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They are they're having some fun this year, and what? Yeah, you should be. Anyway, they make for a for a good listen, a good watch listen, whatever you want to call it. All right, gourmet spud, Tim Bontemps, Jack Armstrong, Devlin. Hello! Getting <laughs> I love that video. You shared it the other day, I think, Lee. Yeah. The video. I forgot we took a video with Jack Armstrong down at the fortress here in yeah. Atlanta. And he, uh, we're all with him, and he does like his little spiel, right? And mm -hmm. I think we all did a drop to get that garbage out of here, right? Is that what we did? Or no, yeah, we, yeah, we did the hello, and then he said, 
get it. He said, I'm hanging with the starters. So how about a little, hello. <laughs> and, then, and, then he says and then he says, get that garbage out of here. And we're all that. yelling at <laughs> yeah. you. It's a great clip. Yeah. All right. Tweet of the night. Good stuff, JD. You found a good one there, man. Yeah. Like, great work. It, we got there in the end. We sure did. Okay. Pick them results from last night. The very rare four man all backing the same team doubles and all getting it right. I mean, usually when we all back one team, it's an L for everybody, mm-hmm. but not last night. Bulls hammer the Rockets. They only had to win by two, for crying out loud. So that was well done, gentlemen. Uh, everybody taking Chicago. I'm 10 and 6. Lee's 9 and 7. Tass is 8 and 8. Trey 7 and 9. Very, very, very close. So tonight's game Boston, Dallas. Uh, Celtics favored by one and a half. This is a back to back situation for the Mavericks. Interesting game. Uh, so what did we say we were going to do here? Let's just go first to Tass. Let's find out who Tass is picking because Trey's in last. He gets to pick last. So let's uh, find out from Tass what his selection is. Well, uh, yeah, no. Go, come back to Tass because it's not there. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So, Lee, why don't yeah, you go right. first? Yeah, we good, yeah, J.D.? Go ahead, Lee. No, you okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, tough one there. I'll take the Celtics. I'll uh, give you the Celtics. Okay, well, the, the one time we could really use you going. <laughs> Tap dances every and other this time. This time, time it's a rapid fire answer. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. This is this makes oh, yeah. TV here, Lee. Stretch it out a little bit. Close line, close line. Celtics not playing their best here basketball. We go. Here we go. Um, you know, the Mavericks, uh, good win last night, but, uh, you know, on a back-to-back and against the team, uh, you know, they should have beaten the Grizzlies. Paul Zinger's not sure if he'll JD, play tonight. are you ready? Are I'm good? ready. Okay, I'm ready. Good. I, I think, I think I'm ready. Play, but uh, I'll take the Celtics to win by two points. <laughs> great. Great uh, breakdown. Um, let's find out who Tass <laughs> The Celtics are alternators. Round up. So they're going to round up themselves a win after a loss. What? <laughs> oh my god this guy's going crazy down there in the basement at 5 in the morning alright t- test took the Celtics in, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, look uh, I'll make things interesting I think uh, okay give me the Dallas Mavericks I don't want us all picking the same team so let's find out who Trey though Trey's the one trailing so he might have to switch it up uh, Trey where do you want to go uh, Beantown Boys versus the horse meat sandwiches <laughs> gonna be tough but i think i'm going with the beans here back to back for dallas got a little controversy with the porzingis trade rumors it's gonna affect him they're gonna lose by more than two. Oh wow 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 okay i'm the only one taking dallas i'm gonna regret this i can see it already like uh, i could have played this super super conservative and just kept my lead but uh we'll make it interesting i'm dallas everybody else is celtics to win by two good luck gentlemen okay fun fun show let's call it there Guys, email us your NBA questions for tomorrow's Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them at nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Uh, come on, if I'm being honest, we've slowed down in the uh, total subscription game. It's like, you know, we, we caught fire there. We eclipsed 30,000. Yep, yep, yep. And now we've just like, we've slowed a little bit. Let's get that momentum going again. Let's get on the march to 40K. So please subscribe if you haven't already to No Dunks on YouTube. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Uh, we showed you yesterday Lamar Hurd looking fresh in the No Dunks uh, sort of basketball logo we got going oh, on High yeah. School Vibe. Oh, there GD's on top of that one, baby. That's looking fresh there, Lamar Hurd. So go grab yours, nodunks.com, and subscribe to The Athletic already.
Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks, $3.99 a month. All right, All-Star Reserves announced tonight. So we will be back for sure on tomorrow's daily show, uh, talking about the snubs and the big surprises and all that, in addition to all the games that are on tonight. I think there's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's a lot of games on once again. The big one. Yeah, it's like a 10 or 11 game night. So we'll break down as many as we can. Enjoy them. We'll see you tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, forget Red Rocks. Forget the Gorge. Forget CBGBs. The best music venue in all of America is the House of Blues in Houston. We saw Flo Rida there. <laughs> Flo Rida. And, and Pitbull. Don't forget And Pitbull. Pitbull. Wow. <laughs> don't, oh! I don't remember that part. <laughs> Was I in the bathroom? Embrace the day, people.